Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Gospel According to Stupid. I'm Johnny Waters, and this is the Bibble uh, that I'll be doing that I kind of fucked up for the last week or two. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, welcome, welcome. It's been it's been a good good time, right? It's been pretty rad. Um, how's everybody doing? Uh, since coming back, uh, it seems like some of you guys are pretty happy that I'm back in things. Uh, I'm not entirely sure if you guys are keeping up and stuff, but, uh, you know, that doesn't matter to me. That doesn't matter to me really at all. I'm really quite happy that some of you are listening, and it seems some of you are hopping on the bandwagon way the hell back in, like, episode 17 and shit. Or maybe that's just your favorite episode, and you're like, hey, check this shit out, you know? Um, or maybe one of you is just, <laughs> I don't know how SoundCloud keeps track of this stuff. I think part of it is just like, oh, someone played? <laughs> Fuck yeah! And it doesn't really matter if, like, you resumed or not. So maybe someone had to spend, like, a whole week uh, just fucking listening. I don't know. I, I don't pay that much attention. Uh, but thank you for listening, regardless. Uh, yeah. I'm probably not going to be doing that thing anymore where I or where I used to be like, hey, here's your fucking town, because that didn't get me fucking really anywhere. Um, other than me being kind of cool and just being like, oh, hey, you know, people are listening all over the damn place. Uh, which, don't get me wrong. Stupid cool. Regardless. Uh, I just don't really quite see the, um, I don't know, quite the meh for doing it. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's hop right into it, shall we? Um, so, where we left off, uh, we got Solomon, who's ruling Jerusalem pretty well, because he's following all the right steps. Uh, he's not doing the whole, like, fuck God thing. Um, and he's, uh, you know, he's continuing on. He's doing his good thing, and he's trying to build some, uh, uh, this temple, right? That, from looking at it in my head, and we looked at it on, on the size thing, and I might be wrong. I'm probably totally wrong. But, um, it seemed to me, uh, a little on the short side. Uh, uh, not, not entirely grand. Hell, it wasn't even, like, arc uh, sized, and so on. So, that kind of put a dampener on things. For me, at least. I don't know. But, uh, maybe he builds a bigger one. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, so, everybody, we're on kingjamesbibleonline.org, we're on, uh, chapter 7 of Kings 1, and I'm gonna sneeze here. Oh, maybe not. Uh, here we go. Ready, everybody? Fuck yeah. Uh, oh, I really might sneeze. Oh my. Okay, I edited that out because it was, uh, it was grody. Um, you know, didn't have to say bless me or anything. Okay, so, but Solomon was building his house 13 years. He took that fuck, no way. With a man, I remember there was a fuck ton of people working on this goddamn thing, and there's no way it took 13 years to do it. Even with rudimentary primitive skills being what they are, there's no way they took 13 years to build that house. Something was going fucking wrong. Now, it might have been like the importing wasn't coming in as fast as it possibly could. You know, you had to find a mine and da-da-da. I get it, but, like, when it was finally done, it took 13 years. <laughs> and he finished all his house. He built also the house of the forest of Lebanon. Okay, The length thereof was 100 cubits, and the breadth thereof 50 cubits, and the height thereof 30 cubits, upon four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams upon the pillars. Neat. And it was covered with cedar above upon the beams that lay on 45 pillars, 15 in a row. You know, I'm beginning to think that, like, 
cubits are not the way that this needed to be measured. I'm I'm having a feeling uh, that, like, uh, if they're using 45 pillars throughout this thing, and, and maybe, you know, this is a construction-y thing, and I really want to question some folks, that um, if the cubit's the size that it says it is, and I don't think it is, uh, it seems like that place is just filled. And it might as well just be a wall at that point, right? Eh? Uh, and there were windows in three rows, and light was against light in three ranks. Oh, okay. Don't get it, but all right. And all the doors and posts were square, with the windows, and light was against light in three ranks. What the fuck does that mean? And he made, uh, and he made a porch of pillars. The length thereof was fifty cubits, and the breadth thereof thirty cubits. And the porch was before them, and other pillars, and the thick beam was there before them. Neat. Okay. This is, you're doing a bad job of describing this fucking thing. Here's the size. Okay. Uh, and he made a porch uh, for the throne where he might judge, even the porch of judgment. And it was covered with cedar from one side of the floor to the other. It seemed like cedar was their only tree to use, and that's fine. Uh, and his house, where he dwelt, had another court within the porch. He likes porches, which uh, was of the like work. Cool. Everything's looking about the same. Solomon likes cookie-cutter buildings for himself. Solomon also made a house for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken to wife, like unto this porch. What? <laughs> like, like unto this porch? He, what the fuck does that mean? Oh, uh, wait, so he made a, I mean, okay, so he made a house for Pharaoh's daughter that also had this porch deal. Not that he took it to wife, much like the porch he took the wife. He fucked that porch into submission. Uh, all these were of costly stones, I'm sure, according to the measures of hewed stones, sa sawed and saws, within and without, even from the foundation unto the coping, and so on the outside toward the great court. Cool, although still, if it's cubits, it's not still not impressive. If I remember, like, I, we went through this last episode being like, it was only like 45 by like 50, by, I mean, it was tall for sure. But, nah. <laughs> like, and maybe that's just us. And the foundation was of costly stones, and even great stones. Stones of ten cubits, and stones of eight cubits. Holy shit. They got some fucking boulders. I will say, those are some big-ass fucking things. Um, honestly, I'm expecting, like, these stones, if they're foundational sort of things. Like, how come that didn't just get rolled in, and then, like, cut into where it needed to be, and then bam, biggity-bam, you can knock out, like, I don't know, a fifth of your building, you know? Oh, whatever. And above were costly stones, after the measures of huge stones and cedars. Don't, I don't need to know how much this fucking thing costs. Actually, I do. I'm really curious. And the great court roundabout was with three rows of huge stones and a row of cedar beams, both with the inner court of the house of the Lord, for which the porch of the house... And for the porch of the house. And King Solomon sent and fetched him Hiram out of Tyre. Cool. He was a widow's son of the tribute of Nephtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass. Hell yeah. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning to work all works in brass. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's smart. He's wise. He understands. And he's kind of, you know, sneaky sneak about his ways, and he works with this piece of metal. Neato! We want him. 
and he came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. I brought my brass. <laughs> I bought my big brass, sir. Uh, for he cast two pillars of brass of 18 cubits high apiece. Cool. And a line of 12 cubits did compass either of them about. A line, so like some accents. And he made two chapiters of molten brass to set it upon the tops of the pillars. The height. Oh, oh, okay. The cool things. All right. Uh, and uh, the height of the one chapter was five cubits, so it covers a good chunk of it. And the height of the other chapter was five cubits. You could have said both were five cubits. Ugh. And nets of checkerwork and wreaths of chainwork. And the chapters uh, which were upon the top of the pillars, seven for the one chapter and seven for the other chapter. Uh, okay, but don't we have like 45 of these fucking things? And he made the pillars, the two rows, round about upon the one network to cover the chapters that were upon the top with pomegranates. Why? And so did he for the other chapter. Like, carved in, or did he just put like a pomegranate up there, being like, we can't move this. And the chapters that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch, four cubits. Okay. And the chapters upon the two pillars had pomegranates also above and over the belly, which was by the network. Okay. And the pomegranates were two hundred in rows round about upon the, uh, upon the other chapter. Huh. You know, I've seen some pictures of some uh, cedar trees and things like that, and they, they don't seem terribly thick. So there's some... Ah, Whatever. And he set up the pillars and porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar called the name thereof Jachin. And he set up the left pillar and called the name whereof Boaz. Ah, so all these pillars are going to be, you know, pillars of uh, your kingdom. Ah, so this is more of a metaphor than it is actually uh, what it is. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so the work of the pillars finished. Cool. And he made a molten sea, ten cubits from one brim to the other. It was round all about, and its height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits to compass it round about. So, wait a second. I'm getting real tired of fighting with this, but... Molten... So he had, like... Uh, uh, I'm assuming some sort of trough that was almost as big as, like, part of the... Uh, it was, fuck you. It was just huge. It was this big thing. Eh, fuck yes. Oh, I'm mad. Because it doesn't make any sense to me. So he had this big bathtub of molten stuff that was huge in comparison to the building that they're making that took 13 years to fucking make. Uh, uh whatever. Anyway, and under the brim of it, round about, there were knops mm, compassing it, ten in a cubit. Oh, oh, okay. Compassing the sea round about, okay. The knops were cast in two rows, when it was cast. Okay. Don't know what a knop is. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, and three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. Okay, so they're I'm assuming they're just stenciled in there. And the sea was set above upon them, and all their hinder parts were inward. That Okay. Why why? And it was uh and it I why would you have a bunch of animals have to, like, back up and, un like, sidestep? If, if there were real animals under this fucking thing, doesn't make any sense. Like, anybody who's trying to move something is going to be like, fuck that. 
because uh, that isn't it wouldn't move because these animals wouldn't move it. And why would you put something like that on there? Also, why would how would you lift it up onto these people? These these fucking oxen, these twelve motherfucking oxen. And even if they're just made of gold, neato. But like, why? <laughs> Uh, and it was a handbreadth thick, and the brim thereof was wrought like the brim of a cup. With flowers and lilies, it contained two thousand baths. The fuck does that mean? And he made ten bases of brass. Four cubits was the length of one base, and four cubits the breadth thereof. And three cubits the height of it. So this big fucking sea of brass is just sitting there, hanging out. And the work of the bases was on this manner. They had borders, and borders were... Between the ledges. I think they just had some intern fucking write this particular chapter. But on the borders that were between the ledges were lions and oxen and cherubims, and upon the ledges there was the base above, and beneath the lions and oxen were certain additions made of thin work. Thin work. So these must be stenciled in there or carved in or something. And every base had four brazen wheels and bases Why? Plates of brass, and the four corners thereof and unsettlers. Under the laver were unsettlers molten in the side of every addition. None of this is coming through to me. And the mouth of it within the chapiter, and above was a cubit. Okay. But the mouth thereof was round after the work of the base. Cool. What mouth of what? A cubit and a half, and also upon the mouth of it were gravings with their borders, four square, not round. Oh, okay, so they actually made the, the pillars square? Okay. Neat. There's better ways to write this chapter. Under the borders were four wheels, and Why? And the axle trees of the wheels were joined to the base, and the height of the wheel was cubit and a half a cubit. Why? You know what? We're just going to plow through this chapter, right? We're just going to read as fast as we can, because maybe the next one will have something cooler in it. You know? Because this is just making John just have a fucking conniption. All right, everybody ready? Because I don't know how much you care about the, like, the eh, description of this fucking place. And also, there's supposed to be a bunch of gold, not fucking brass, so someone cheaped out. Um, and under the borders were four wheels, and the actual trees of the wheels were joined to the base, and the height of the wheel was a cubit and a half a cubit, and the work of the wheels was like the work of a chariot wheel. Their axle trees and their knaves and their fellows and their spokes were all molten, except they couldn't fucking have been. And there were four undersettlers to the four corners of one base. The unsettlers were of the very base itself. And on the top of the base there was a round compass of half a cubit high, and on top of the base of the ledges thereof, the borders thereof, were of the same. Holy shit! And on the plates of the ledges thereof, and on the borders thereof, he graved cherubims and lions and palm trees according to the proportion of every one in the additions round about. We've been fucking through this! After this manner, he made the ten bases, all of them in one casting, one measure and one size, which is smart to do. Then made he ten lavers of brass, one laver containing forty baths, and every laver was four cubits, and upon every one of the ten bases, one laver. What? And he put five bases to the right side of the house, and five on the left side of the house, and he set the sea to the right side of the house eastward, over and against the south. And Hiram made the layers, lavers, and the shovels, and the basins, so Hiram made an end to doing the work that he made the King Solomon for the house of the Lord, the two pillars and the two bowls of the chapiters uh, that were on the top of the two pillars and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the chapiters, which were upon the top of the pillars, and 400 pomegranates of the two networks, even two rows of pomegranates for one network, uh, to cover the two bowls of the chapiters that were upon the pillars. And the ten bases, the ten lavers on the bases, and one sea, and twelve oxen under the sea, and the pots and the shovels and the basins, and all these vessels which Hiram made to King Solomon for the house of the Lord were of bright brass. On the plain of 
Jordan did the king cast them on the clay ground between Succoth and Sardis? He cast them what? Did he just throw out the fucking brass that we just read the fuck about? Being like, fuck this. And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed because they were exceeding many. Neither was the weight of the brass found out because no one gave a fuck about weighing it because we're building a house that's taking 13 years to get to build! And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord, the altar of gold, the table of gold, whereupon the shewbread was, and the candlesticks of pure gold, five on the right side and five on the left, before the oracle with the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censures of pure gold, and the hinges of gold, both of doors and of in the inner house, and the most of holy place, and for the doors of the house, to wit of the temple. So was ended all the work of the king of Solomon made of the house of the Lord, and the Solomon brought the things which David his father had dedicated, even the silver and the gold and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. Why the fuck, if you're trying to just make me believe in the grandeur of this thing, make fucking Hiram a goldsmith and make all of that stuff just fucking confusing as hell and, yeah, and put that shit in there. Why brass? It kind of fucks it up, the whole thing. Yeah, it's kind of yellowish until it's fucking not. Uh... And kind of looks like gold, maybe, if you were like, eh, I guess, sort of. But what the actual hell? Okay? Why not, if we're trying to be the huge basis of God here and we're trying to convert a bunch of motherfuckers, why not say that we have a big old goldsmith that also just so happens to be a metalsmith, just make all this stuff so that all of this is made of gold and it's amazing, as opposed to this kind of like, eh, we made it out of brass. Or some of it, with the exception of, like, the altar and this and that, and, like, four things made out of gold. Isn't that neat? It is, but, like, eh. I guess it's honest. Fuck. Uh, (laughs) Oh, that sucked. Okay. Um, hopefully this next one doesn't. And it's a doozy, it seems. All right. (sighs) Fuck. Kind of mad. All right. Chapter 8. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes and the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel unto the king Solomon in Jerusalem, and they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. Neat. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves unto king Solomon at the feast of the Mount Ethanim, which is in the seventh month. Oh, month Ethanim. So seventh month. uh, So that's July. This one. And all the elders of Israel came, and the priests took up the ark. Hopefully they didn't touch it. And they brought up the ark of the Lord and the tabernacle of the congregation and all the holy vessels that were in the tabernacle. Even those did the priests and the Levites bring up. Neat. They brought it the fuck up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel were assembled unto him, were with him before the ark, sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be told nor numbered for multitude. I'm sure somebody was numbering that shit because I'm sure somebody lost out on... On that, and the priests brought the ark of the covenant to the Lord, of the Lord, unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. Cool. For the cherubims spread forth two their, their two wings over the palace. Oh, that's what that word is, John. For the cherubims spread the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubims covered the ark and the staves thereof above. Cool. And they drew out the staves uh, at the ends of the staves were 
seen out of the whole in the holy place before the oracle, and they were not seen without, and they were uh, are unto this day. So they fucking just disappeared. All right, we're gone. They didn't leave, but they're also not in there. So something happened. They stole them. Um, there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone, which Moses put there in Horeb. When uh, the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel, when they came out of the land of Egypt, and it came to pass, when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. All right, God's there in his cloud. So that the priests could not stand a minister because of the cloud, because it was quite disgusting. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon, the Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. Oh no, I have surely built thee an house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. And the king turned his face about and blessed all the congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. And he said, Blessed be the Lord of God, Lord God of Israel, which spake with his mouth unto David my father, and hath with his hand fulfilled it, saying, Since the day that I brought forth my people, Israel, out of Egypt, I chose no city out of all the tribes of Israel to build an house, that my name might be therein. But I chose David to be over my people Israel. And it was in the heart of David my father to build an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And the Lord said unto David my father, Whereas it was in thine heart to build an house unto my name, thou didst well that it was in thine heart. Nevertheless, thou shalt not build the house, but thy son that shall come forth out of thy loins as opposed to somewhere else, he shall build the house unto my name. And the Lord hath performed his word as he, that he spake, and I am risen up in the room of David my father to sit on the throne of Israel, as the Lord promised, and have built an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And I have sent there a place for the ark, wherein is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers, which he brought them out of the land of Egypt. And subsequently we forgot and kind of fucked over, and we got became slaves of Egypt a couple of times, but this is the last fucking time, damn it. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee, and I would know, I have seen them all, in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before thee in all their heart. I guess. Who hast kept with thy servant David, thou my father, thou hast promised to him, thou spakest also, with thy mouth, I hope so, and has fulfilled it with thine hand, as it is this day. Therefore now, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David, my father, that thou promisedest him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my side to sit on the throne of Israel, so that that children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. Okay, I hope it works out. And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou spakest unto thy servant David my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have builded, it took forever, and I clearly didn't fucking uh, steal any of this. Uh, yet thou respected unto the prayer of thy servant, and to be a supplicant. O Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth, prayeth before thee today. 
that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place, and hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, 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 and when thou hearest, forgive! I hope so, because... <sighs> If any man trespass against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him, to cause him to swear, and the oath come before thine altar in his house, then hear thou in heaven, and do and judge thy servants, condemning the wicked, to bring his way upon his head, and justifying the righteous, to give him according to his righteousness. When thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall turn again to thee, and confess thy name, and pray, and make supplication unto thee in this house. Then hear thou in heaven, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest unto their fathers. That's a good deal, I guess, because you're putting in the clause of like, if we fuck up, hopefully this place doesn't go to hell, and we can come back to this spot and be like, please, we're sorry, we fucking forgot, because we're fucking generational, and we only live between, you know, 20 and 350 years. Um, yeah. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain because we have sinned against thee, if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou afflictest them, the rain dance will happen. And hear thou in heaven and forgive the sins of thy servants and of thy people in Israel that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk and give rain upon the land which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. Seems like a big ask to be like, if we're if you're not giving us rain and we show up here and we're like, can we get some rain because we love you, God, and you give us rain, yeah. Fuck you, I'll give you rain when I fucking want. If there be in the land famine, and if there be pestilence, blasting, mildew, locust, or if any be if or if there be caterpillar, a single one, if their enemy besiege them in their land of the cities, uh, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, what prayer and supplications soever be made by any man or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man in plague of his own heart, and spread forth his hands toward this house, and fucking prostrate himself, and flay himself living before the Lord to be like, I don't want a fucking plague. <laughs> no, it's probably this shit again. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and do, and give, and every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest, and thou even thou know, knowest the hearts of all the children of men. You know, this is really hoping that every year could be a good year. That'd be great. And I really hope so. But it seems uh, rather hopeful to be like, hey, hey, man in the sky, who's clearly talking. I'm not saying that. In this particular version, there's a cloud version of him. Pah, he just pops up in front of Solomon and be like, hey, what's up? Be like, hey, man, like, can we get this deal going? Because I'd really like that. Be like, Apparently we fucked up. Can we have rain? Apparently we fucked up. Uh, can you get rid of the locusts? Apparently we fucked up. Please don't have the enemies kill us. <coughs> anyway, sounds like a good deal, I suppose, if this all kind of works out. Uh, that they may fear thee all thy days, and they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. Yes, mm, good. Moreover, concerning a stranger, that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake, we shall convert him or flay him living again. Maybe we sacrifice him instead of some of our sheep. We can't eat him, but fuck, we can eat some sheep. 
For they shall hear of thy great name and thy strong hand and of thy stretched out arm. Then he shall come and pray toward his house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for. For all the people of the earth may know thy name to fear thee as do thy people Israel because we fuck up and you fuck us over. And that they may know that his house, this house which I have built it is called by thy name. God, I guess. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy with the, with the whithersoever, uh, thou shalt send them. Hopefully I send them, but, you know, apparently you, you test us, O Lord, and sometimes it's a bunch of people. And shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name. Also, if you could just smite them for us, that would just save us all a bunch of time. Uh, then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. If they sin against thee, and there is no man that sinneth not, oh, thank you, Solomon, that's good good cover, and thou be angry with them, and deliver them to the enemy, so that they carry them away captives unto the land of their enemy, far and near. Yet, if they shall bethink themselves in the land whither they were carried captives, and repent, and make supplication unto thee in the land of them that carried them captives, saying, We have sinned, and have done perversely, by being fucking captured! We have committed wickedness again by something that you have no control over. And so return unto thee with all their heart and with all their soul into the land of their enemies, which led them away captive, and pray unto thee toward their land, which thou gavest unto their fathers and the city which thou hast chosen, and the house which I have built for thy name. I suppose in the long grand scheme of things, to be like, you can you can be heard elsewhere other than in this particular church, and you know, if you're captured, it's probably not a good thing, but it's I'm beginning to wonder if it's God's will or not, if someone's captured, but it, it seems there's a hole in there somewhere of the logic. Um, because, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean, like, they're going to be removed from this. Mostly it probably means that they're just going to kill them quicker, I guess. You praying? Oh, you praying to the wrong God. And then, you know, stab. Or whatever the fuck they do. Probably something awful. Uh, then hear the prayer of the supplication in heaven, the dwelling place, and maintain their cause, and forgive thy people that have sinned against thee, and all their transgressions wherein they have transgressed against thee, and give them compassion before them who carried them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they be thy people and thine inheritance, which thou broughtest forth out of Egypt, from the midst of the furnace of iron. I guess. That thine eyes may be opened to the supplication of thy servant, and unto the supplication of thy people Israel, to hearken unto them, unto them, in all that they call for unto thee. For thou didst separate them from amongst all the people of the earth, to be thine inheritance, as thou spakest by the hand of Moses thy servant. And thou broughtest our fathers out of Egypt, O Lord God! And it is so, when Solomon had made an end of praying all this prayer and supplication unto the Lord, he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees as a opposed to his elbows, with his hands spread up to heaven. He stood and blessed all the congregation of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be all the Lord. No. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto the people Israel according to all that he promised. There hath not failed one word of all his good promise, eh, which he promised by the hand of Moses, eh, his servant. The Lord our God be with us, as he was with our fathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us that we may incline our hearts unto him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments which he commanded our fathers. But, oh, man, 
He better hold on to his bargain, and let these my words wherewith I have made supplication before the Lord be nigh unto the Lord our God day and night, that he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people Israel, and at all times, as the matter shall require, that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord is God, and that there is none else. Let your heart therefore be perfect with the Lord our God, to walk in his statutes, and to keep his commandments, as to at, as at this day. And the king and all Israel with him offered sacrifice before the Lord. And Solomon offered a sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered unto the Lord, two and twenty thousand oxen. Holy fuck! Oh, man, and a hundred and twenty thousand sheep. Okay, so the Lord and all the children of Israel dedicated to the house of the Lord. That is, that is a lot. Uh, the same day did the king hallow the middle of the court that was before the house of the Lord, and that be offered burnt offerings and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings, because the brazen altar that was before the Lord was too little to receive the burnt offerings, because there's just so much fucking meat and meat offerings and the fat of the peace offerings. And at the time Solomon held a feast, and all Israel with him, probably with all those oxen and fucking sheeps, uh, a great congregation from the entering of Hamath unto the river of Egypt before the Lord our God, seven days and seven days, even fourteen days. On the eighth day he sent the people away, and they blessed the king. What? Wait, we said fourteen days, and but seven, but on halfway, th just over half, whatever. Fuck it, I don't care. And they blessed the king and went unto their tents joyful and glad of the heart and all the goodness that the Lord had done for David his servant and for Israel his people. Yeah. All right. Well, that was an annoying couple of chapters and clearly quite a few points where I'm actually peeking throughout this whole thing. But uh, we did it. Another two chapters. Hooray. Hopefully I don't wait two weeks to to do this again, you know. Um, you all are great. Love you big. Uh, please look at the description in uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your uh, dealio to listen to this bad boy. Uh, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, maybe some opening, uh, open-minded um, uh, uh, teaching, criti creative criticisms, whatever, uh, you can send them to accordtostupid at gmail.com, accordingtostupid at gmail.com, or you can find me on the Twitter and be like, who the fuck are you? At accordtostupid on the Twitter sphere. Uh, and um, leave a review, because I need one of those. I need a couple more of those. Even if you fucking hate it, I, I need... All the reviews, every review you could possibly give uh, would be great. Thank you so much. I think you're great, and you've just been gospeled to by the stupid. Mm -hmm.